We are a caring community dedicated to the success and well-being of all. This is MLSD version 2.0, a podcast for the staff of the Moses Lake School District filled with important information to keep you informed. Welcome to the latest episode of MLSD version 2.0, a podcast for the staff of the Moses Lake School District. This is Dr. Joshua Meek, superintendent, and I'm happy to be back with you through this podcast series. Today is our second episode, which features a Christmas carol, an old-fashioned radio show performed by our Moses Lake High School drama and music students. And I'm confident that you enjoyed the first part and welcome you back to the next episode. So far through this podcast series, you've only heard from me. And one of the guests that I get year-round is the chance to work with a great team that is talented and passionate. Tonight, I've invited my colleague and friend, Dr. Carol Meyer, to join me. How are you doing today, Carol? Fantastic. So Carol, I understand that your family also has some special holiday traditions and I can't wait to hear about them. We do. We have so many traditions. It was hard to pick one. So we watch the movie A Christmas Story all the time during the holidays. We play board games and put together puzzles. We go to Midnight Mass. One of our favorite things to do is go to Coeur d'Alene Lake and we take our binoculars and we watch the eagles that are there. But really, probably my favorite tradition is that my husband, Dan, reads Christmas storybooks on Christmas Eve to the whole family. Our very favorite Christmas story is Red Ranger Came Calling by Berkeley Brethren. He's an American cartoonist, a children's author, a director, a screenwriter. He's got a Pulitzer Prize. He's known for Bloom County and Outland and Opus. And this book, Red Ranger Came Calling is a book that takes place on Vashon Island in Washington State. The main character of this book is a little boy who is nicknamed Red, not for his red unruly hair, but for a popular cinema hero of the time that was named Buck Tweed, the Red Ranger of Mars, protector of the 23rd century, and savior of grateful princesses. What he really wanted on Christmas that year was an official Bucktweed two-speed Crime Stopper Star Hopper bicycle made famous by the Bucktweed character, and that's what he wanted for Christmas. I encourage you to find the book Red Ranger Came Calling and start your tradition with that storybook night on Christmas Eve. So I invite you now to enjoy the second part of A Christmas Carol, an old-fashioned radio show brought to you by the Moses Lake High School Drama and Choir Departments. When Charles Dickens presented this little story to the world almost a hundred years ago, he found an instant response in the hearts of people everywhere who saw in it their favorite fictional chronicle of what Christmas is and what Christmas means to all the simple people of the earth. From the day of its first printing, families have been innumerable in which there has remained unbroken the tradition that the reading of A Christmas Carol was an item indispensable to a proper observance of the most important of days. It is the American way, as we know, to establish traditions quickly where popular instinct and sentiment pronounce them sound. And so it is that today, it has become a Christmas custom to gather around the radio to hear and to enjoy A Christmas Carol. 
And since it is Christmas, we hope, too, that the younger members of the family are permitted to stay up and listen before dreams and visit of Santa. We get a great deal of pleasure planning and preparing this Christmas gift. And now, it's ready. Off come the wrappings, off come the tags that say, please do not open till Christmas. Out comes the card, to you, from us. And here is part two of the gift itself. closed in a twinkling and Bob Cratchit with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist for he boasted no great coat went down a slide on Cornhill 20 times in honor of its being Christmas Eve and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could pelt to play with his family at Blind Man's Bluff Scrooge on the other hand took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern having read all the newspapers and spent the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went to his dismal house. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew every stone, had to grope with his hands through the fog and the frost to find the door. Scrooge walked through his rooms to see that all was right. Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they would be, nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet. Closed the door, he locked himself in, he double locked himself in, took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. <coughs> Marley? 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 I could have sworn I saw old... Ah, humbug! Marley's been dead these seven years. Humbug. All humbug. What I need is a good night's... What? What was that? Someone's in the wine cellar. But the door's locked and double locked. Something's... is coming. Some... Something is coming closer. It's outside my door. Bah! I won't believe it. It's humbug still. Ebenezer Scrooge. <gasps> Ebenezer Scrooge. Marley. <gasps> oh no. What do you want with me? I want much of you, Ebenezer. Who? Who are you? Ask me who I was. Oh, you're very particular for a ghost. All right then. Who were ya? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley? But you are dead. You died seven years ago. Seven years ago, this very night. You are a ghost then? What's wrong, Ebenezer? Don't you believe in me? I do not. You doubt your senses, Ebenezer? Yes. Yes. Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You, you can't be a ghost. You may be an undigested bit of beef, or a blot of mustard, or a crumb of cheese. A fragment of an underdone potato. Ha ha ha. There may be more gravy than grave about you. Whatever you are, a humbug, I tell you. 
Humbug! <laughs> I do believe in you. You are a ghost, Jacob. Thank you. But why? Why do you walk the earth, Jacob? Why do you come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide to witness what it cannot share but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. But tell me, Jacob, what is that chain you wear around you? I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard by my own free will. Is its pattern strange to you, Ebenezer? Cash boxes? Keys and padlocks? Ledgers and purses? Yours was as heavy and as long as this seven years ago. You have labored on it ever since, Ebenezer. Old Jacob, speak comfort to me, Jacob. Comfort, I have none to give. I cannot rest, I cannot stay, I cannot linger. Weary journeys lie before me. You travel fast? Yes, Ebenezer, on the wings of the wind. Ah. Seven years dead and traveling all the time. Seven years, Ebenezer. Seven years of remorse. Ebenezer, do you know that no space of regret can make amends for one life's opportunities misused? But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business. Mankind was my business. Charity. Mercy. Benevolence, they were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Jacob, Jacob, don't take on so Jacob. Listen to me, Ebenezer. I'll listen to you, Jacob. Go on, Jacob, now. Speak to me, but don't be so flowery. Ebenezer! I am here to warn you that you have yet a chance of hope of escaping my fate. Do you hear that, Ebenezer? Yes, Jacob. Yes, you. You always were a good friend to me, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. But, but go on, go on, go on, go on. How shall I escape? Oh, I'm afraid, Jacob. You will be haunted by three spirits. Is that the only chance and hope, Jacob? It is your only chance and hope. Well, then I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Ebenezer, look that for your own sake. You remember what has passed between us. Remember, when the bell tolls one, look for the first spirit! Marley! Jacob Marley! Scrooge awoke 
He was laying on his bed fully dressed. Suddenly, the curtains of his bed were drawn aside and Scrooge found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them. As close to it as I am now to you, I am standing in spirit at your elbow. It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down his back, as white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderness bloom was on the skin. The arms were long and muscular, and the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Ebenezer Scrooge. <gasps> Who? Who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge, I have come for you. You are, are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold me? I am that spirit. Who, what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. But what do you want of me? What brings you here to haunt me? Your welfare, Ebenezer Scrooge. Rise and walk with me. Oh no, 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 no. Not, not out of the window. Why, I can't do that. I'll fall down. I'm not a spirit. I'm mortal and I'll fall. Bear but a touch of my hand upon your heart and you shall be upheld in more than this. Come, follow me. Where are we? What's become of the city? And there's, there's snow upon the ground. Where are we? These are the shadows of the things that have been. You recognize this countryside? Oh, I know every inch of it. Every rock, every tree. And that bleak building over there? Ah, that building. Ha, I was a boy there. Yes, I went to school in that horrible place. Do you recollect that path? Ha! I could walk it blindfold. Strange you should have forgotten it so many years. Come, let us go closer. Look through the window into that cold, barren room. What do you see, Ebenezer Scrooge? I see a boy. A solitary child, neglected by his family, alone. Yes, yes, I... I see. I know that boy. <sighs> oh, I was so lonely. Poor boy. Your lip is trembling, Scrooge. And what is that on your cheek? It's nothing. Nothing at all. I wish I... Ah, it's too late now. What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. The wives came to my door singing Christmas carols last night, and there was a boy like that among them. A poor, pale, thin little boy in a ragged coat. I should like to have given him something, that's all. Is that all? Come, Ebenezer Scrooge, let us see another Christmas. Do you know this place, Ebenezer Scrooge? Know it? Know it? This is the counting house where I was apprenticed. It's my old master. Plus Christmas parties. <laughs> Pick your partner. Listen to him. Corkscrew. Thread the needle. And back to your places. Ha 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 ha. And there's Dick Wilkins. Poor Dick. 
Dear, dear, dear. Yes, and look! There's Mrs. Fezziwig herself! Looking younger than any of them. A toast to the Christmas roast! A And the table's all loaded with roasts and cider. Mince pie and beer! Oh, what a jolly time we used to have! That carefree young man with the light heart and the happy smile. Do you recognize him? Yes, yes, yes. Merciful heaven, how happy I was then. A small matter for old Fezziwig to make those silly folks so full of joy. Small matter. Small indeed. Isn't it? He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money. Is that so much that he deserves praise? It's not that, spirit. Old Fezziwig has the power to make us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or heavy. His power lies in words and looks, and in things so tiny, it's impossible to count them up. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it costs, uh, uh... What is the matter? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all, spirit. Something, I think? No, no. Speak. Well, only... It's just that I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk, Bob Cratchit. That's all. My time grows short, and we have yet another journey to make. Where now? Come. This is our last visit to the past, Ebenezer. Here, in this little room, with a fair young girl by your side. Do you recognize yourself, Ebenezer? <gasps> no. No. No, 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 no! Spare me this! You're older now. A man in the prime of life. Your face has begun to wear the signs of care and avarice. Your eyes are greedy. The eager, restless eyes of a miser. No! No, please! She knows it, too, that girl by your side. There are tears in her eyes. It matters little to you. Very little. I know that. Belle, have I changed toward you? When we were engaged, we were both poor. Was it better then? Better to be poor? Better at least to be happy. You're changed. You were another man then. I was a boy. You blame me because I've grown wiser? Have I ever tried to break our engagement? In words? No, never. In what then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit. In everything that made my love of any value in your sight. So I release you from your promise. Belle! Oh, at first it may cause you pain to lose me. A very brief pain. But soon it will be dim, like a half-remembered dream. An unprofitable dream. And you will be glad to be awake from such a dream. May you be happy in the life you have chosen, Ebenezer, for the love of whom you once loved. That's enough! Show me no more! Take me home! These were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are? Do not blame me. No! No more! No more! One shadow more. Come. 
Do you see this man, Ebenezer Scrooge? This man might have been you, and the woman beside him, your wife, and that girl. That girl might have been your daughter, Ebenezer Scrooge. She might have called you father. She might have been a spring in the haggard winter of your life. Spirit, let me go. Show me no more. Listen now while they speak, Ebenezer. Belle, I saw an old friend of yours today. Who was it? Guess. How can I? It... Oh, I know. Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge it was. I passed by his office window. It wasn't shuttered, and there was a candle inside, so I couldn't help seeing him. His partner, Marley, lies at the point of death, I hear. And there Scrooge sat, all alone. Quite alone in this world, I do believe. Spirit! Spirit, I can't bear any more! Leave me! Haunt me no more! Take me back! Take me back! Thank you for joining us for our holiday special. We hope you've enjoyed our time together. Tune in next time for the continuation of A Christmas Carol, brought to you by the Moses Lake High School Theater Department.